This is Weird Cool with Mike and Manny. We're kicking off Superhero Summer. I think that's what we're calling it. Superhero Summer? I, I, I Yeah, sounds like weird, you could go that way. Weird, weird Superhero Summer. Okay, because every, every summer is Superhero every Summer. summer. <laughs> yeah, you got to be a little Last more, three years, it's uh, been a weird summer. A little more specific. Uh, I'm Mike Moody-Garcia uh, with my co-host. Manny Benavides. We have a, a, a wonderful guest, Martin Thomas, here with us from Double Toasted. We're going to get into... Spider-Man 3, perhaps the weirdest of all Spider-Man movies. I was going to say Sam Raimi movies, but all of them, I want to say. Maybe not. Maybe it is. Go back and rewatch the Andrew Garfield movies again. I've only seen (laughs) one of those. That that second one really gets weird. I've only seen one of those. Okay, we'll get into it on Weird Qual. Spider-Man 3. Podcast time. Podcast time. time. (laughs) Isn't that how all podcasts start? I think that is. That's good. When did you first see this movie? When it came out? Did we see it together? No, I refused to watch it because I was like reading at that point what critics were saying about it before it actually released. Okay, because the critical consensus, I think, was kind of mixed on it. Like it was like the worst reviewed Raimi Spider-Man movie of that time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think it was really dogged by the critics. Um, Well, well, let's put it in comparison with... Wait, are we recording right now? Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. No, no, this is totally... Okay. When... um, when I think about Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man movie, despite of what it all became, it was kind of this launching board for what we know now, what has taken over cinema, right? Mm-hmm. The the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, kind of the, the the big pop spectacle that we get like three, four times a year, even now on, now on TV. It's kind of taken over everything, right? And some people love it, some people hate it, some people are in the middle. I enjoy Marvel Cinematic Universe, obviously. I mean, look at me. Um, <laughs> But when I think about the Sam Raimi's first Spider-Man movie, what I really think about is like this really fun, kind of breezy, mm-hmm. kind of poppy, fun watch that I can put on any time. Yeah. Like it's a really tight, fun movie. And it, it launched so much that we love. But on its own, it's just a fun fucking movie. And yeah. I, I can put it on any time. Yeah. I watched all three right. before this. Well, with the first one, there's so many great scenes. The movie has a lot of heart. It and does. it's very personal. It's a very personal story. Uh, and yeah, you, you can watch part of it and go like, oh, yeah, yeah, I like that scene. And then the next one will come up and you're like, oh, I like this too. And the next thing you know, you're sucked into it. You're watching the whole thing. Well, and it introduced like a really relatable Peter Parker. Yes. You see it on screen in 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 the acting and, and just the performance itself, but also just the storyline itself felt very, yeah. while familiar, and we've read it or seen it in other you know, iterations, iterations of it. It's got genuine emotional beats that you can connect to. Exactly. I, I, when I saw the movie, I, I cried two or three times in it. And and even when I rewatch it, it's not like I I cry, but I was like, yeah, I still connect with that right there. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people did have that emotional reaction to it. I know I did too, because it kind of felt like we were waiting for a comic book superhero movie to do what that movie did to oh, yeah. really pay homage to the comic books in a number of ways, mm-hmm. but also be a true film adaptation where right. it yeah. kind of does its own thing too. Mm-hmm. It's not too slavish to the source material, but mm-hmm. it's just a good pop movie um, yeah. with some uh, emotional weight. Now, 
Spider-Man 2, I can pop that on anytime too. It's a super fun watch. And I think obviously it just, it raised the, not just the stakes, but like it, it has a more of a prestige sheen to it. And I think the emotional weight of that movie is even deeper, more complex than Spider-Man 1. And that just makes it a great movie, a great watch, something I can pop in anytime. Yeah. Right? No, at, at the time of watching Spider-Man 2, and we actually watched it together right. at the at the movie theater, um, back when people used to go to movie theaters, um, it, it connected both of us in a way where we just like sat there for a while and just like, is this potentially like the best sequel we've ever seen? Like it just kind of built up where Spider-Man 1 left and just took it to another level with Spider-Man 2. Like you're just from from the villain to the story development to just the, even the relationship at that point was interesting between him and, and MJ. Like it wasn't, yeah. it didn't feel forced. It felt very natural to to part one. And just, I, I thought personally, just took it to another level for me. Can I just say it's weird hearing you like praise comic book movies? Because you're more <laughs> like, uh, you're more like, um, I, I know sometimes you can dig this stuff uh, mm. because we've been friends forever. Right. Uh, but I, you're more like the guy who PT, like you'll watch the new PT Anderson and that's the highlight of your year, mm. which is <laughs> <Yes>. fine. Or, <laughs> or, oh, the, the new indie movie that's streaming on acorn with, uh, <laughs> you know, Nick Kroll or something like mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's typically your jam. No. Yeah. If there is a scene where someone's staring out a bus for 10 minutes and you're stuck in it, I think that's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, and that's, I mean, the, the thing, and these are big spectacle movies and you kind of like them. Yeah. It, no, no. It, you can like both. Yeah, you can like both. I'm just saying, like, he's invited, what, I'm, yeah, what he's, I'm really trying to say is this: he used to make fun of me for loving this stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. And I, I and okay, so I, I will admit I'm not a Fast and the Furious guy. My, Manny likes sports. I, I do like sports, and Martin's aware of this. Uh -huh, I'm just yeah, kidding. Uh -huh, you can uh -huh. like sports. And no, no. I don't want to uh, be. Hey, yeah. there's plenty of directors. The best one that I can well, think that of. Spike Lee. Oh, sorry, it fell. Actually, let me. No, it happens. Yeah. Get it there. Okay. Okay. You're good, good now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, Spike Lee, for example, um, is a big Knicks fan, and we all know that. True. And he made Michael Jordan's, um, you know, something that I'm personally wearing right now for those that can't see me. <laughs> Got to drop ones. the shoe game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jordan okay, ones. Not, all right, all right, all right. We're, we're, not, a shoe we're, not, we're not talking about shoes. But um, we are talking about Spike Lee <laughs> and the fact that he loves sports and he makes some of the best films in cinema. Spike Lee's Spider-Man. You opened the door for Spike that. Spike Lee should have made a Spider-Man. Imagine how good that... The Miles Morales series... If it ever goes into film, should be directed by Spike Lee. All it would take is for him to start campaigning and saying, uh, Miles Morales should have a black director. Yes. If he, if he says that two or three times, they will cave and give it to him. And they should. Uh, I, I want to see what he would do with something. I know like this is a tangent, but it's a tangent I like because mm -hmm. I would like to see that. But I kind of feel like in this day and age, even though um, he's made some of the... I mean, I'm just going to say greatest movies I've ever seen, Spike Lee. I still feel like every with every new project or every new movie or every time he climbs himself up to the cultural conversation over the decades, he's still working to get that credit. He's still yes. work like he won't like Hollywood won't give him the automatic giant budget to do something. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. kind of feels that way, right? Yeah. Even though he he has had hits. Yeah. But it's like I don't think they'll give him a superhero movie. Um, well, okay. Yeah. Here, you you have to ask him 
does he even want a superhero movie? Right. Because because that's often that, oh, you should do one of these. Like, well, yeah, I would love to do that. But maybe that's not his goal. Right. Because nothing he's done has seemed like it, it wants to be that. I, and I've never known him to talk about, like, I wish I could do this, but they won't yeah. give me the money. Yeah. I mean, he just wants money to make his his smaller personal independent yes, projects. His, his personal yeah. projects. To do a studio film like that, something huge, is going to have so much studio interference and supervision that it would probably not even be worth it to him. That makes sense. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what happened with Sam Raimi and Spider-Man 3, the movie that we're talking about now. So Spider-Man 1, fun watch. Spider-Man 2, fun watch with a more elevated uh, prestige sheen on it, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe one of the greatest comic book movies of all time, not just sequels. Um, so Sam Raimi got his blank check, was able to do whatever he wanted with Spider-Man 2, was a hit. These movies just kept making more and more money. Spider-Man 3, when I think about this movie that we're talking about today, I, I feel like watching it is like a chore. Like I have to take out the garbage a hundred times. Like <laughs> I, I did the laundry while watching it the second time around. Well, no, it feels... So you guys want to have a house full of garbage and, and dirty laundry? I mean, these are things you got <laughs> to do, right? <laughs> no, but it, it just feels like oh, it's it's so like bloated and weighty. And I'm saying this as a guy who likes it. Like the first two movies, even though that second one has a more emotional heft, they feel like fun, breezy. I can pop them in at any time. But three, it just feels like, oh, that's going to be, that's going to be a bit of a slog. And that's kind of what makes it weird. It's just a weird, weird right. movie. And, and before we go any further, uh, uh, this is weird. Cool. A new podcast. This is our first episode. Uh, we're discussing the weirdest TV and movie sequels, prequels, spinoffs, and reboots ever made today. I know you're questioning the name of this series, but now that you've stated it, I think it's official. Weird cool? Yeah, he can always go back and edit it. Martin gives a stamp of sort of approval. <laughs> yeah. This is, this, I, I just think the, the, the am word... Am I pretty? Kind of. <laughs> I mean, weird, even, even describing something as weird... It's just sort of vague, yeah, and and just used for like somebody says like, oh yeah, it's really weird. It's like that doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> that means all it tells me is that it was odd to you, mm-hmm. but I I don't weird can mean anything. Yeah, I I think this movie is weird, and that's what we're gonna get into and why it's weird to yeah. me. Um, and I think it's weird to Manny too. We it kind of definitely is. We picked these movies beforehand, and we're like, okay, wh- what is the weird sequel out of all of these, uh, all of these franchises, and. I wanted to pick Spider-Man because, well, obviously Sam Raimi is back in the superhero mm-hmm. game with mm-hmm. Multiverse of Madness, which we'll talk about. But um, with with the Spider-Man trilogy, well, first of all, this is this is the first in the series that we'll be doing. This is our weird superhero summer. Uh, so we're kicking it off with Spider-Man 3. I think Batman Returns is going to be next. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that one's weird. That Yeah. You see? see? Yeah. Now you get it. Now you're getting yeah. <laughs> But I don't put Spider-Man 3 with Batman Returns. Okay, Martin. Uh, our guest is Martin Thomas from DoubleToasted.com. Mm-hmm. Crossover event. Uh, everybody knows Martin Thomas. Uh, Martin, I Did wanted, your homework. <laughs> yeah. Martin, I wanted you to join us on the pod because uh, more than one person, when, I, when we talk about superhero movies mm-hmm. or talk about Spider-Man, more than one person has told me, you know, you know who has a weird iconoclastic epic defense of Spider-Man 3 that goes against the 
the Geekerati narrative, which uh-huh. I don't, which I don't really subscribe to, that this is like one of the worst superhero movies ever, because it's not. But it I, gets it gets listed as that. All it the gets time. listed as that. It doesn't deserve that reputation. No. There's definitely some joy in this movie, and there's definitely some good acting and technological advances and pieces of this movie that are fucking great. Mm-hmm. And I know when I first watched it, it was it blew me away back in 2007. Mm-hmm. Maybe because I was primed for it to blow me away, mm-hmm. and. And I just got on the roller coaster and took the ride and had fun. But i that's going to be my defense. It's more of a nostalgic defense for this movie. Okay. If there has to be a defense. Okay. Well, there will be because I will eventually have my piece on this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Manny doesn't like the movie. But <laughs> <laughs> Martin, uh, I don't know. Let's just jump. What is your defense? What You love this movie? Uh, I like it a lot. Okay. Well, where do you list it? Number one is your favorite or – Oh, yeah. Number one's my favorite. Okay. Uh, well, it's important for you to know that when I saw number two, I thought, wow, that sucked. I was thoroughly disappointed with number wow. two. Okay. And, and to see people say, oh, it's like The Godfather 2, one of the best yeah. superhero movies. Mm-hmm. I was like, how are you guys missing everything wrong with this movie that I, that, that I saw? Okay. And well, I, I could go on for a long time. So you still down. feel that way about two? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because with, with two, I didn't like it. And and everybody and I was like, wow, that well that that that's too bad. And then everybody loved it, and so I was like, well, maybe I'm wrong. I went and watched it again when it came out on DVD, mm-hmm. bought it, and you know, would you watch it with the kids. And I eventually reached a point where I was like, well, I guess I like the action in it. So if I just focus on that, it's fine. And then Spider Man Three comes out, and then right off the bat, the action sequences. Way better than anything in Spider-Man Two, and is and there's more of them. So then I'm like, all right, I'm I'm gonna stop struggling to try to like Spider-Man Two. I don't like this movie. It's 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 actually pretty bad. And and you're looking at me, and you're like, what? How? <laughs> no, How you can have bad? your opinion. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> Whether it, it, no, I'll, I'm I'm not yeah. I'm not here to like be a part of the status quo geekerati and be like, mm-hmm. no, you're wrong. That actually, That's actually really intriguing because I did watch all three again mm-hmm. um, before we're doing this podcast. I love one. And two, I thought I was going to love even more because I remember loving it, it being my best. Mm-hmm. But I was like, this this one does kind of feel a little bloated and a little problematic as well. But I'm before we dive into three, because I want to get some context for why you like three. Sure, sure, sure. And, and Manny, you like two. Two is actually it, It's your favorite. So give me a couple of specific issues you had with two that you think are solved in three or or, or done better in three. Well, okay. Uh, gosh, there's so many things in two that I could do a whole. So many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. I could, I, I, I mean. It's, it's how I feel about three. So, yeah. Well, okay. With, with two, we open with Peter Parker where he can't hold a job delivering pizzas. And I guess the idea is to like, oh, his life is so chaotic, he can't do this. It was like, no, a moron could do this. You, <laughs> I, I get it. You're trying to make him such a nice guy that he doesn't get things done. But this is this is counter but, but that, to what we've seen. Does, doesn't that like pay homage and not only pay homage for pay homage sake, but right. it sets him up just as the guy who had, even though he has these great superpowers, he's the hindered Marvel superhero where he's human and he his the struggle but the struggle part of his legs are chopped off he's got to climb up all the time even though he is exceptional I, I, and that's what we kind I, of identify with right? i get what the point of Was what it it's trying to sell yeah it's it's too it's if if he has a real job that he can't do like i feel like we can identify with that 
but he is a smart, genius level kid True. who can't deliver pizzas. You, you see what I'm saying? Like it's it's too much. It's too simple. I was like, okay, right, this is how you want to open a movie, but. You know what? It's just the opening scene because I'm 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 still jacked for it. I was like, ah, well, okay, all right. I just gotta I, say, I'd fuck up delivering a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You yeah. guys geniuses? No. You, no. Okay. It's okay. All right. <laughs> just just check. Only geniuses <laughs> deliver <laughs> pizzas. The delivery. Well, people listening. Well, I want to go. I want you to continue, but yeah. I want I want to go further back because okay. with you have a, a much deeper relationship with Spider Man than we do. Because tell me, tell me about your history, actually working on the comic. Oh, oh, that okay. I, I it, something else I thought you were about to bring up. Uh, I didn't work on the comic so much. It was just like one of the the poster for uh, the the cover for the Todd McFarlane Spider Man number one. It's a famous famous drawing that everybody's yeah. seen. And I met him at a convention. Uh, he liked my work, and he told me he was going to produce posters of that, and he hired me to be the colorist on it. And it was what got my foot in at Marvel Comics, where I freelanced for a few years. So did Spider-Man mean something to you at that point? But you, you seem like I was oh, going to yeah. bring up something else. So what what, what did you think I was going <laughs> to bring up? Oh, no. Are you into Spider-Man <laughs> porn parody? Or no, no, Is nothing like that. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. No, no, no. I mean, it was like the 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 nineteen sixty seven Spider Man that was on in syndication mm. growing up mm -hmm. uh, was what made me want to become an artist to begin with. I would just sit around and watch that and draw all the time, and my love of comic books and in in everything. Um, and like you know, a lot of people, Spider Man was my favorite uh, uh, superhero for the longest. But uh, the thing I was referring to is something I talked about on uh, Double Toasted just a, a little while ago because we did a, a retro review of the first Spider-Man movie. And there's that whole thing with uh, Tobey Maguire and James Franco. It's Harry Osborn and how uh, Peter's telling uh, 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 Harry about like, oh, and Mary Jane, I've been in love with her, you know, since I was a little kid. And next thing you know, he looks up and Harry's dating her. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I was in, I think, eighth grade, there was a new kid that came to our school named James who looked just like, he was like the black James Franco. <laughs> and, and there was a girl I had a huge, I'd had a crush on for years. And he and I hung out one weekend and I told him about all that, all that. And he was pumping me for information. And then the next week, they were dating. So that's why you cried when you saw the movie. Well, not that's not why I cried. Yeah. And, and let's be honest, who can compete with a black James Franco? I, I, to her credit, I'm gonna not yeah, me. to say that. No, out no, loud. no, 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 no. It was just one of those like, okay, <laughs> that stung. Now yeah. I got well, we my revenge taste, in but... that. Uh, Twenty eight years ago, I married that girl. So oh oh wow wow yeah. full so, circle great yeah. story. But it, it's wow. just it's just fun. Like even <laughs> we were watching Spider Man together, and she was like, "Uh, that looks like James Perry." I was like, "I know, right?" So, I love that you say his full name. I know. Yeah, I'll just put him out here. <laughs> I'm going to tag him in the bottom. That asshole. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a good story. But that you were relating with the the Spider-Man, the Peter Parker that goes through struggles. The guy oh. who has to climb up. Oh, well, oh absolutely. He's Spider-Man, but climb up in a well, metaphorical sense. So with the first movie, it's not just the, the struggles. Like, even with that first movie, before it even shot, the announcing the casting of Tobey Maguire. That was the first thing I was like, wait a minute. This is somebody who's read this material and is taking this seriously. Because yes. prior to yes. Blade, 
it was nothing but medieval the medieval times for superhero movies. It sure, felt, you had you had, yeah. you had the Tim Burton Batman yep. and the Richard Donner Superman, but for the most part, uh, nobody gave a shit. They they just True. did whatever. And every time there was talk about casting movies, it was always really young kind of CW looking actors mm-hmm. they wanted to put. So but Tommy yeah. McGuire was like, "Wait a minute, this this will be perfect." And sure enough, he was. But it was the first movie. It outlined not just struggle but also self sacrifice. Of course, that yes, that right. that was a big thing, right? And yeah, it's. I remember watching it, even watching it recently. And there's the point where he lets the robber go, and he's just like, "Yeah, go." And it's like, "Why? Why is that my problem?" And you, and you feel like, "Yeah, man, screw that guy," but then you're like, oh, "Man, but I know what's coming next. That sucks." Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's 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 got a lot of that. Even at the end, where Mary Jane is like. Yeah, I want to be with you. And he's like, I ooh, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Damn it. You can't even tell her why. I would say in Spider-Man 2, that vibe of Peter Parker n- being knocked down and knocked down and still doing the right thing is is a lot of what drives the character and the themes of that movie and makes it super relatable. What's weird in Spider-Man 3 is that he's king of the world at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And to me, in, in and I grew up reading Spider-Man comics and I watched the cartoons, Spidey and his amazing friends, Iceman and Firestarter, um, or Firestar, Storm, Star? I'm a, Firestar. Yeah. But seeing Peter Parker in such a place where he can gloat so much at the beginning of a movie and having to kind of relearn humility... Uh, just didn't feel natural. It felt like Sam Raimi had that idea, but I, I don't know. For me, it didn't fit uh, this character or this movie. Is yeah, that I, a problem you have? No, with no, it? no, absolutely. And, th- and that's the thing too. Like, I agree with you. Like the minute they casted Tobey Maguire, this was right after like he had done Pleasantville mm-hmm. as well. So you- yeah, f- Ice Storm, yeah. Ice Storm. Like he was just on a roll as far as like what you would categorize as my kind of movie. Yeah. Um, and then when he was announced as the Spider-Man, it's like, this is what I would envision Spider-Man being right now. Mm-hmm. This this sort of awkwardness, but still capable of in your mind doing more than what he's doing. The mm-hmm. real actor, the real actor. Yeah, he was yeah. fantastic. And, and and I will say this: Tobey Maguire throughout is is great. It's the material they give him that could be questionable for three at least. But I think he's a little sleepy in this. But go ahead. No, no, no. And but it was just that. Like we we we've gone now from two back to back movies where you see the struggle, the climb, as you mentioned. And suddenly you come into like this Beatlemania approach to like him like struggling, being the Ringo of like, you know, like of superheroes. But that's that that that's just the way storytelling goes. Like it, like if he struggles three movies in a row, there's a point where you're like, Jesus, is this guy ever going to get a break? Now, I know that's the Spider-Man thing. Yeah. But with anything with a character, if like if you have them, um, you know, because it's always all right. They start at one place, they dip to the bottom, but then they rise to the top. Then you start out the next place. All right, they're at the top, but now they have to come down. Right. It's always the ebb and flow. I wasn't at all surprised that he would be at a point where like, hey, things are going well just so they can crash later. Especially uh, in the third piece of what ended up being a trilogy, right? We eventually want to get there. What One of the strengths of this movie is that emotional core that I think the movie should have really um, zeroed in on more is the three characters, some people would characterize it as a love triangle mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. Harry, Peter, and Mary Jane, right? Yeah. But I, you know, for me, like, and 
and we'll get I, I have a segment here that we're gonna get into called the breakdown where we'll we'll do some categories. But yeah. for me, like, and I'm kind of previewing that a little bit here, but for me, like this movie would have been much better if um and, and I know I'm backseat directing here or whatever, <laughs> armchair directing. <laughs> If we just zeroed in on that emotional core and that chemistry, because that's just one piece of a movie that is just so unwieldy. And at, at the time, I remember people complaining, like, there's just too many villains, right? We've had movies with a lot of Plenty. villains. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, everybody, at, everybody, that's their biggest, well, one of their biggest complaints. It's right. certainly not the biggest. It seems ridiculous in the modern era to say that. But yeah, but but most superhero sequels, especially by the third movie, yeah. have that many villains, if not more. Yeah. We just watched. But the fact, well, I will say this, though. Yeah. Like, yes, I, I agree with you. Like, by the time you get to this point... But it it really felt as if though these characters were kind of like, and we'll go into it a little bit more later on, but it felt like each villain was kind of like, and now let's check this guy off. And now let's check this. Sure. Uh, it didn't feel. It's, especially with uh, he who shall not be named, but we'll name him Venom. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about Venom. Okay. Let's talk about Venom in this movie. Um, the space licorice. Go ahead. Sure. Sure. I was actually a really excited, like when this movie came out because the the posters with the black suit, the ad campaign, mm -hmm. even Topher Grace, who I was a fan of being cast as, Ven as Venom. I was like, that's, that's pretty subversive. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And then I know it's going to be kind of a mirror, a dark mirror mm -hmm. of Peter Parker. That's going to be yeah. cool. And at the time it was fine, but it did feel awkwardly shoved in. And there's a reason for that. Not because I don't like Venom, not because, because he was awkwardly shoved in. Mm. Like Sam Raimi has gone on record saying, you know, Sam Raimi is an old school guy. Mm. Obviously he's, he he and uh, Peter, I'm gonna say Peter Parker, but um, Tobey Maguire mm -hmm. had wanted to do a Sandman movie since the end of Spider-Man 1 mm -hmm. because they love the old classic right. Spidey comics. They want the old rogues gallery. Sam Raimi is a Green Goblin guy. Mm -hmm. He is a Sandman guy. He is a Vulture guy. Even Mysterio, all that classic right. Rogues Gallery. Right, right. That's that's his jam. Right, and it makes sense with his. You know, he's an old school guy. Mm -hmm. um, and those villains kind of play to his sensibility too. Mm -hmm. Along in the comic book lineage comes Venom, who is a complete just creation of the late 80s, early 90s, yeah. where it's like the the extreme, yep. you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. He, he's the poochie, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's, yeah. you know. He, uh, he's the, the yeah, he's the the typical even villain you would see like in like NWO days of uh -huh. wrestling where it's just like, and now perfect. they, perfect. Yeah, now here comes the dark team. It's, You're like, really? Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> a, it's a different sensibility that was injected to the comic in a massive way that didn't quite mesh with what people remember as the classic like Sinister Six or those types right. of more colorful, mm -hmm. almost like campy 66 Batman-y type villains. Sure. And and it was successful in the comics, obviously. People loved it. That's what kids wanted at that time. And the arc, the original Venom arc is good. Yeah, I, I, good. I like that original mm -hmm. arc because Spider-Man hadn't had that level of a of a of a villain of a in a threat. long time. Yeah. And yeah, he was yeah, such a such a great threat. And that yeah, that first arc and they finished him off. I was like, wow, that was really good. But then they kept bringing him back. Yeah. And more extreme. And then to the point where, well, he's so popular, let's make him an anti-hero. And I was like, 
No, he's a murderer. You can't <laughs> you can't go back and do that. Right. You guys got to stop doing that. They, yeah. They're doing that with Sabretooth like, all the time. This is not yeah. a Fast and Furious movie. You can't yes. <laughs> you can't make all your villains good guys. Or maybe you can't. Um, I think even now in the current MCU, like Venom just doesn't fit. And I'm not even like the fun, goofy, like um, take on it that we'd seen in Tom Hardy movies, uh-huh. which are fun. And Martin's like, no, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> but they, they don't. Agree with you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> There's a reason like you, they don't really cross over um, into the MCU. Not, I mean, there's obviously business reasons, but it's also like, this doesn't gel with what we're doing over here with our fun poppy sensibility. This is a, this is a different vibe. And Sam Raimi, it wasn't his vibe. Mm-hmm. Venom wasn't his vibe. And he's gone on record. And so has the producer of these movies, Avi Arad, mm-hmm. um, who was just running all of Marvel's TV and film stuff back then, mm-hmm. that he was forced to add Venom into this movie. Right. Avi Arad essentially was, hey, bro, I know you like, uh, I know you want the vulture in this movie, who's like a bald 60 year old man, and you want to cast John Malkovich, maybe. But we need the kids like the Venom. Mm-hmm. So you're going to put Venom in this movie. Yeah. And he was very resistant to it, but he had to do it. I kind of feel like in the first movie, um, it was a, a much smaller scale movie, but very yeah. successful, mm-hmm. had Raimi's stamp all over it. Mm-hmm. Second movie, Raimi was just given free reign. We made hundreds of millions of dollars on what you did earlier. Here's a bigger budget. Make it what you want. And he did. Third movie, it feels like the studio and maybe Raimi were felt the pressure of following it up with something everyone would love. Yeah. And and often that comes down to, well, we got to make it bigger. Yeah. Just just put more in it. We got to make it bigger. Put more in it. And put this character in it because that has been else. popular with with a huge sect of the franchise, especially younger people, because mm-hmm. we want this to go on forever. And it just doesn't fit Raimi's sensibilities at all. And it could. He's a great filmmaker. He mm-hmm. knows what he's doing. But he just didn't like it. And he's gone on record saying, I did not want this character in the movie. I don't like it. It's in there. I Topher Grace is a great guy. And he did a nice job. But I... He takes the fault. I let it happen. And I, I feel that. I'm not opposed to Venom being in this movie, but I I, I feel that. I feel like it was a mistake. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree with you on this. It felt very, hey, we need to put this in here. Let's come up with a storyline. Oh, we got another competing photographer. And now because he plagiarized and caught, <laughs> now, now I want to suddenly go to a church and pray for him to die. Yeah. And that scene had me laughing, yeah, I, I, but in just, a good way. Yeah. It, uh, the I first just, time I saw this yeah. movie. I just, I was like, okay, let, let me follow along with this. And then there you got your space licorice, which somehow they got the blueprint to make the perfect Spider-Man suit, by the way, which is impressive. There's a lot of yada yada in this movie. Like the venom goo falls from the sky, yada, yada, yada. It happens to be where they're having a uh-huh. picnic yeah. and then now There's it's on Spider-Man. Just, like weird coincidences just happen. To... <laughs> yeah. That's the first thing that took me out of this movie, and, I think, and that's when it. I first saw it. Okay. That, that's all right, it. All right. And, that's and, fair enough. And I, there was so much disconnection. And and I get it. It's it's a superhero movie. There's supposed to be disconnection from reality to, you know, fandom and, and just, no. you know, storytelling. I get it. But this, there was so much disconnection on so many levels throughout this whole movie that I was like, I continually kept getting removed from the movie. Disconnection okay. in terms of like 
the what's happening doesn't feel natural. Yeah. Anytime there's a there there's scenes in films for me that just like oh I'm watching a film. Mm -hmm. Then I, I realize like oh I need to get up and go to the bathroom now. Right. Like right, it's just right, like it's right. one of those moments where it's like you're not you're not compelled. I'm not invested. Yeah. Okay. The, the investment has suddenly I'm gonna force myself to sit through this because either a I've purchased it or b I'm gonna finish something because I just I'm sure. I think I've only walked out of one movie in my entire life. Uh huh. Um. And it was the horse whisperer. Um, <laughs> Good call. <laughs> Good God. Um, I never walked into that one. I walked right in and he, they literally whispered to horses. Sure, sure. Um, but at any time I'm disconnected to that level. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, hey, like, can sand burn? And so I, if I, at that time, I was like, let me Google, like this, obviously not that's then. That's how you make glass. Yeah, well. Yes, but it, at certain temperatures, like this is just like, <laughs> hey, I got my hoverboard and it's like suddenly he hurts, but he can, there was a lot of disconnection throughout this whole <laughs> it, For what the scene. plot needed. I get it. Stuff yeah. happened. And it just, it kept making me pause. I mm -hmm. think that's what it is. If, mm -hmm. I don't mind a movie that makes me think yeah. and make, make me pause for the thought of the film itself and, and how it's transforming. But when it makes me pause to go, why did they do this in the film? Yes. Is when I start starting... To your point, it becomes a chore. Like, I feel like I'm forcing myself to watch this. Yeah. And Spider-Man 3 continually did that to me in several points. Okay. And but, I'm, not, I'm not here to say, like, I hate the movie. No, 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 no. I get I get what you're yeah. saying. But but even you explaining it like, like you just did, mm -hmm. I've never heard anybody explain it in that way. Because I've always been like, well, what, is, what is everybody's problem? But I get it when mm -hmm. you say that. I, I, I do. Uh, I mean, even to toss it back when... In Spider-Man 2, when Dr. Octopus is robbing the bank, mm -hmm. took me out of it because I was like, why is he robbing why does the he bank? Care? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because it's like, okay. He his... needs money to fund his uh, science yeah, Right, experiment. right. His goal yeah. is to get more equipment <laughs> also to, to redo his experiment. Yeah. So he's going, what, what's the plan? He's going to rob the bank and take this money that nobody's going to look for and put it in a bank account. And he has and literal, then, literal yeah. sacks with the money sign on yeah. the dollar sign and, on them. And then yeah. send that <laughs> so he's he can write a check or, or, or do a, a, a debit card or a credit card transaction to buy the, <laughs> to buy the equipment. I was he like, could have gone to Vegas. I was like, well, just, just, just go steal the equipment. Don't steal, the, don't rob yeah. the bank. Go, go to Best equipment. Buy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, there are moments like, but again, one singular moment like that. No, no, this oh, okay, oh, okay, okay. Which right. other? Because to me, I maybe for me, Doctor Octopus and the performance itself, I never escaped from that. Molina's good. Molina's Molina fantastic. Imbues it. it with a lot of weightiness, a lot of pathos. Yeah, it's fucking good. And to me, there there is no Molina in three. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. well, I mean. And it's strange coming off his Oscar nomination for Sideways where all of a sudden you're like, whoa, Thomas Hayden Church, I knew he was funny and I knew he was not bad. After 12 seasons of Wings, I passively watched while munching on Buffalo Wings. Right, because it, it came on, what, between uh, Cheers and I forgot Cheer, what, Yeah, it was like else. stuck right in there yeah, between yeah, two really it, good it, shows. It, it, like yeah, Cheers had, and Frasier maybe or something yeah. like that? Yeah, something. Like, or Cheers started, and Seinfeld. I, don't, I can't remember what it was, yeah. but yeah, it had a perfect time It had a nice little slot. sandwich. Yeah. yeah. And it went on forever. And mm -hmm. there was like a, a, a crossover with Cheers where like... Um, Norm and Cliff hang out at the airport in Wings. <laughs> really? At, yeah. At the bar. I remember that. The whole time. And they're basically just Norm and, and you know, uh -huh. just drinking yeah. beer, waiting for a flight the whole episode. It was great. Um, but <laughs> but, come, but like, he was a revelation in Sideways, a movie I still love and still watch. Oh, yeah, watch. absolutely. Fantastic mm -hmm. film. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of, I mean, it makes some sense in like 
you're okay. You got heat now. Your next movie is going to be the biggest movie mm-hmm. Hollywood is making this mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. Spider-Man 3, and you're going to be the key villain. Fuck yeah. And I think, but the part, the part of Sandman is written, it, it, it feels like more of a theme um, of, here's the theme of redemption, personified mm-hmm. as a person, mm-hmm. right? Here's the theme of reconciliation and redemption. Because he doesn't say a lot. He doesn't, he doesn't speak much. Do much. However, it is pretty effective on some level because he, he has a great, great blocky, like 1960s comic drawing looking yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he looks ridiculous in that, in that um, Sandman comics appropriate, you know, striped shirt, striped shirt that, oh. he, that, you know, yeah. so part like, a, which is by the way, the only shirt he apparently ever, only shirt he owns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like flashbacks. 70, 75% of me loves him and loves it in this performance. The other 30 is like, this is silly. And this guy deserves more. And that's, that's the issue. Like, yeah. I, I think when people are saying there's too many villains in this film, mm-hmm. it's because I think we wanted to see that development. Yeah. Of the Sandman way more. Like there's a whole storyline there with his daughter and you literally see her for four seconds. Mm-hmm. She's by the door. Mm-hmm. He tries to explain like, hey, I'm just a person with a lot of bad luck. Yeah. And the only way you get that storyline is through really bad flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And and again, a forced backflash at that. Like it didn't feel yeah. like I mean, daisies. We forgot to tell you who really did this. That, like, talk, you're like, talk about taking me out of the movie. That retcon. Yes. I guess you could call it a retcon. Did... And I'm fine if they want to do it, but just the way they did it, like I was in the tank for this movie when I first saw it and I was riding along. And that's the second thing that really took me out. Sure. I was like, oh, so everything has to affect Peter. Okay. Yes. I get it. It's just his movie, but it felt very forced. It, 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 it like it didn't need to be there. Yeah. Like, we, it, right. it, 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 it could have just been another storyline that it, it was the, uh, the, the Joker killed Batman's parents. It's yeah. like, what? Yeah. You know, the, I, I feel like, well, not even a saving grace. The only thing that made me not hate it was, okay, it's still, it doesn't erase what happened before. Like, no. like it's yeah. it, like, it's, True. it's, it's I mean, wedged in there. But it doesn't, you know, move anything else out. So I was like, all right. True. But it still feels like it takes you out. It takes you out. It's like you sure. can you can see the hand of the writer yes. in there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not, I'm not trying to dog this movie because I do have a lot of fun with it, even <laughs> though it is kind of a long, like, overpacked slog. But Martin, let's, let's, when people talk about this movie, and I know you, you said you like it better than Spider-Man 2, which... To some people, it's like an iconoclastic view. Mm-hmm. Do you like Godfather 3 more than 2? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that one before. Okay. I, 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 wanted, I wanted to double check. I just I, I watched wanted... a trilogy recently, Godfather 3. I, I saw the recut of Coppola's Godfather 3. Uh-huh. It's the only one I've seen. He mm-hmm. recut it like a year or two ago. Uh-huh. It is be- it's good. Yeah, it's not yeah. bad. Sofia Coppola is interesting uh, <laughs> as an actor. Talk about getting does, removed does she get from better? a film. Did he uh, cut her out? Like, if that's yeah, the case. She's, right? she's in the movie. Really, what's weird about it is the age difference between her and uh, and Andy Garcia. Mm-hmm. Not really. I'm not like, age difference is fine, but she plays it like a kid. It's very And he plays it like a mature man. It's kind of oh, strange. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's and they're cousins in the movie. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. So, Martin, we're not trying to dog this movie. I'm not. Maybe he is. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. When you got to defend this movie because you like it, I mean, what do you say? Uh, well, my thing is, as I, as I opened with earlier, it's like, Hey, if, 
you might not like this movie, and it's I won't deny this got problems. You guys are bringing up everything that there is, and I I could probably list some things, but I also say, but it's Spider Man Two has just as many problems that you guys ignore. Okay, that 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 that's really my defense for it. Yeah, I because, almost. Yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. Because you, you like Molina's performance at all, or is it? Oh, I I like his performance. I don't like what they did with Doctor Octopus. Gotcha. Um, because what what had happened was everything got too influenced by Batman the animated series. Because hmm. Doctor Octopus, instead of being what he has been at, at times, either just a a, a dirt bag or an arrogant scientist who feels like he he knows what's best, or 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 uh, just an evil genius, it was the Let's do the Mr. Freeze thing, the heart of ice, sure. where it's all about his dead wife. And this is this is what drives him. Yeah. And it's just like and the, the whole thing, the idea of like making villains sympathetic was like, this is kind of a neat idea. You kind of want to see mm-hmm. where they come from their perspective. But it was starting to be too much. And I was like, this is exactly Mr. Freeze. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, honestly, early in the movie, when he's first doing his experiment his thing, like, I'm going to yeah. show, I'm going to, the power of the sun upon my hand. Hey, everybody, come watch me bring a a sun to life here in this unprotected <laughs> loft. <laughs> and With a bunch and, of weird arms. Uh, well, the thing with the arms. to the back of my Because the explanation for the arms was, all right, and I had these arms to get in there and help do this. And my first thought was, man, those arms could do so much more than this here. This What this could do for paraplegics yeah. mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is amazing. And the reporter's question, when he goes like, well, excuse me. And I was like, oh, he's going to ask. He goes like, um, so what's going to keep those arms from taking over your brain? And I was like, the hell, what kind of question is that? <laughs> <laughs> but he goes like, well, I'm glad you asked. But all that is because like such I, fun, I, Raimi I, I need you to look at this tiny chip right here. Yeah, 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 and yeah. as long as you look at this chip and it's okay. Elon it's Musk like, is doing the same thing right now. So. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but, I, but, but the real answer is. But I just I, I didn't I didn't I didn't care for what they did with his character. Melina's fine. Melina's great in everything. Right. Yeah, it was it was just a, a lot a of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He was even good in the No Way Home. Yeah. So yes. Um. So here's the thing. I mean, you want to talk about <laughs> iconoclast? Um, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, how many Spider-Man movies are there? Like eight or nine? There's the original trilogy, so that's three. The Andrew Garfield, so that's two. two. That's five. And then the new. And trilogy. then there's. Three in the new trilogy, plus and then into um, the Spider Verse. Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. So out of all those movies, I would say only three of them are good. And those three include Spider Man Three. N- no. Oh. No. Spider Verse. No. No. O- o- only the ones that aren't sequels. Well, no. Well, Spider Verse is not Spider-Man a sequel. No. Okay. Spider Man One. Sam Raimi. Yeah. Uh, the John Watts. Uh, Tom Holland. The original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tom yeah. Holland. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, Homecoming. 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 Yeah. yeah. And into the Spider Verse, which is, in my opinion, the best. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think that, across is, the board, everybody the says that's the best. Yeah. It is the best. Yeah. yeah. It's the, yeah. It, it, it's the best. Uh, and with uh, Homecoming and original Spider-Man One, these are very personal stories. Yeah. Uh, with with great villains. I mean, yeah. you have sure. villains that you can empathize with. You might not agree with them, but the Vulture is a great villain. Yeah. Where you're like, wow, this guy's been screwed over, and he starts out just trying to do what he feels like he has to do. So you, you can get with that. It even gets personal where his daughter is dating Peter Parker. Uh, with the other movies, I think none of them are really good, but they have good parts or really some amazing parts to them. Like No Way Home 
hey, who doesn't love having the three Spider-Men, I mean, all, you know, all together and bringing back some of those villains? Uh, uh, Dr. Octopus is better in this than yeah. he was even in yeah. Spider-Man 2. Every generation got their Spidey back on screen. Yes. Yeah. But to get to that, they did so many things that didn't make sense. It was like, you sit there and question like, wait, what now? And didn't you yeah. just say, mm. and now magic can do whatever? And it's just like, <laughs> look, do, do you want you want all three Spider-Men together or, or not? I was like, yeah, okay, okay, I'll shut up. I'll shut we up. all want that meme. But you yeah. know, they were, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I went into to, to Homecoming thinking this is going to be a mess. This, it, it, the trailers, the marketing looked to me like Spider-Man 3. Like this looks like Raimi's Spider-Man 3. Like this looks bloated. There's going to be too much. There's no way this movie is going to be able to contain that really small emotional heart that the first two um, home movies had, mm. that Homecoming had and Far From Home had, because I like Far From Home too. And it's all about Peter's internal journey. Um when he's taxed in these super ways, right? And it really works. And that emotional journey um, mirrors what we see in the first two Raimi Spider-Man. And I was like, okay, this this No Way Home is going to be so bloated and it's going to be all about spectacle. I'll just go and let it wash over me. But it really gripped me emotionally, uh, even though with all the, the fireworks and all the sure. drazzle dazzle it was doing yeah <laughs> i was like am i gonna say razzle dazzle <laughs> hey once you say razzle you, you gotta, gotta finish it you gotta dazzle. do the dazzle yeah. yeah um yeah dazzler from x-men best x-men ever right guys um <laughs> but i let's talk about the raminess of this movie okay um it's very raimi because mm -hmm. raimi was stuck in spider-manville for like a decade, right? Yeah. He was right before this. He does one of his one of my favorite movies of his, The Gift. Okay. Um, and he right before he jumped into Spider Man, he was kind of doing some kind of anti Raimi stuff. He was kind of going into the more prestige realm. Mm -hmm. um, he did like his trio of three pre prestige dramas. The Simple Plan, mm -hmm. which is my favorite Raimi Fantastic. movie. Yeah. Um, one of the greatest Billy Bob Thornton performances yeah. ever. Yes. Mm -hmm. And just. Uh, such a tight fucking it's heart-stopping thriller yeah so good great writing yeah um the gift and he also did for love of the game which is a dr drama I basketball. about that one yeah yeah, yeah. A, a, a drama of um sports movie with kevin costner but it's not bad it's very good mm -hmm. and before that of course we have the evil dead trilogy mm -hmm. dark man and one of my favorites as well, the uh, the Western he did, Quick and the Dead. Oh, yeah. Quick and the Dead is fantastic. Quick and the Dead is great. So he had this really original run when he started out, caught everybody's eye, and goes off into prestige land. Um, I don't know why. He wants to do something different and make some really pretty solid prestige movies. And then A Simple Plan does not do well box office-wise. Mm -hmm. Critics are, are do like it. It gets a couple Oscar nominations for the acting, but really tanks horribly at the box office, mm -hmm. which is strange because it Billy Bob Thornton was riding a high at that time. I don't know what it was. And it's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, Should have gotten good word of mouth. But he's not necessarily in director jail, but kind of retreats a bit and ends up in TV, creating this little TV empire mm -hmm. that uh, the biggest cultural impact of which was Xena, Warrior Princess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then with our, everybody's favorite MAGA head, Kevin Sorbo, uh, <laughs> playing <laughs> Hercules, The Legendary Journey. He also threw a bone to Bruce Campbell, had his own show, Jack right. of All Trades, where Raimi's producing all these really fun, campy um, 
serialized TV show. So mm-hmm. he's building his little empire there. And he directs some of those episodes. Mm-hmm. And a, a, a interesting camp of filmmakers comes up in that episode, like um, Alex Kurtzman, Roberto Orsi, mm-hmm. the guys who ended up doing Transformers and Star Trek. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, Avon Abrams was involved oh, in that yeah. stuff. So interesting, almost like almost kind of like what Roger Corman has going on mm-hmm. back in the day, like where, you know, uh, all these great filmmakers worked with him on these B projects. Raimi has that going on with his TV studio. Sure. And it feels like he's getting back into the genre groove with it, even though it's on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. And Sony has a Spider-Man property licensed from Marvel. They need to make a movie and they don't necessarily, it's not the most expensive Spider-Man movie, or not the most expensive movie in the world at the time. So they hire Raimi, bring him in, he'll he'll have fun, and he has a take on the movie. And it's an emotional take that really works. And that movie is loaded with wonderful Raimi-isms that if you're a fan, it just adds layers of joy to the sure. movie. And the same thing with Spider-Man 2. Sometimes, and with Spider-Man 2, it does start to get a little overboard here and there with some of the Raimi-isms. Because I always saw Raimi as part of his appeal is being a little meta about being for a lack of a better word corny right yeah mm-hmm. sure i'm going to i'm going to push There's this an embracement yeah, I, I'm, yeah. Gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna embrace the camp and i'm gonna push it and i'm gonna laugh at it and laugh at myself while i'm doing it and that's his a lot of his career and all of bruce campbell's career right and it's awesome <laughs> uh so i think spider-man 3 even though he has almost disavowed this movie, but it still has a lot of weird raminess in it. Do you feel that when you watch this? I, uh, because I feel some of it, but I feel more of the studio hand. Yeah, no, no, no. O- oddly enough, like my favorite scene in all of this, and I think a lot of people agree with this, is the Bruce Campbell film scene. Where oh, he's, uh, the, it, the, the waiter. The waiter. It's one yeah. of the. It's the funniest scene in the movie. Yes. Yeah. And it. I thought it wasn't going to work. I was like, this, this is too overblown. But it's fun. Yeah. yeah no. No. It, yeah. it. To me, it felt like okay. Like, this is entertaining. Yeah. It was funny with the situation. Yeah. And it actually, I thought, saved a really just lame mm. breakup of a relationship. Yeah. Mm. The. But you kiss just like we, like I was like, I I think part of the problem I have with three as well is. And I know you mentioned you wanted a little bit more of the trilogy of the relationship. I just yeah. wanted more of understanding who MJ was as an individual mm-hmm. and not just the, hey, pretty girlfriend who's always in trouble, who needs me. Mm-hmm. Like literally going through something huge, which again, the I got distracted by how they handle her getting fired was um, just bullshit. Did you guys think her singing was bad? When uh, when she sings that song at the beginning, no, uh, I didn't think it was I because it's not Broadway the, level, right? It, exactly. Yeah, that's it, what it's it was. About, it was yeah. one of those where it's like, well, it's not like she's not carrying a tune. Yeah, but it, it's it's not atypical for a performer to be ter- like reviewed so bad where they dog on one performer where they're like, yeah, we gotta we gotta replace you. Yeah, like, this, this is not working out. But you didn't like her downward like career trajectory where she's just like no. I. I'm in need now. And she has to hang, she has to really latch on to the men in her life to be stable. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's, it's, it's a combination of it. So it, it, first of all, if you're producing a Broadway show and you have a lead Mm -hmm. and you decide to 
change the cast of that lead. I'm sure she signed a contract. I'm sure she's okay for a while there. That oh. shit happens a lot, though, doesn't it? No, it, it can oh, happen. But, but you mean they'll need to pay her? Yes. like Not it, in it, a it, Sam Raimi movie, sir. No, not in a Sam Raimi movie or in Glee. I mean, apparently someone went in there with, and uh-huh. Puck did a smash up, and apparently it was now the lead. It, it had she, a, she did sing better, the other actors. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. But it just felt so unreal in a situation like this to then suddenly turn around now she's going to be a... And appropriately so, the sign says... Unreal. You understand there's a sand man in the I, movie. I, I do. I do. A man made of sand. <laughs> yes. There is a man made of sand. I'm sorry. That was a cheap shot. No, 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 no. And Make there's space, space licorice. I understand. However... Space Twizzlers. Yeah. Then you have like the appropriate sign nearby that says secretary slash singer. I mean, not secretary. Uh, waitress, waitress slash singer. Because yeah. everyone needs that combination. She's mm-hmm. cute in that outfit. No, yes. again... She's cute in that outfit. She's cute in the scene. She's really pretty in that scene. She's not a human being. Mm. And they never allow her to be a human being. She's kind of bounced back to like, hey, now that I'm going through something really difficult and Spider-Man is being Spider-Man, I now need to reach out to an old friend, kiss him, which was weird mm-hmm. in the whole chubby checker twist thing. And it just, she was never realized as a person. The huh, at all I, to me, I, like I, I feel the opposite about that. Interesting, yeah, because yeah. it it really showed her as flawed, super insecure. Being an actress, I was like, this tracks, because uh, it's like, wow, you know, when it comes down to it, she's very. What about me? What about me? What about me? But being insecure like she was, uh, it made sense that she would go to what was comforting, which was. An old boyfriend who's still sniffing around. Whose dad just tried to kill everybody. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just <laughs> throwing that out there. <laughs> gonna... um, and and that that whole scene with them making eggs and dancing, I was like, this is like a nice little human scene. It has nothing to do with superheroes. I I, yeah. I like this in yeah. the movie. I, I really think they should have zeroed in on that stuff and made it more. Uh, to your point, I'm in the middle where you are around her. I think. Kristen Dunst does a fine job, even though it could have been more meat on the bone for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think we should have zeroed in on the chemistry between those three leads, Franco, McGuire, and Kristen Dunst, because it feels like that's that's the story, really, that Raimi was interested in mm-hmm. throughout this whole trilogy. He's, right. he's building this friendship, and these three characters are always like magnets yeah. coming close yeah. to each mm-hmm. other and all the drama is infused there and they they help each other grow and change and become adults together. And it's kind of like watching a TV series um, with a group of people, like watching Buffy. You grew up with these characters who grow up together and go through challenges together. Yeah. That's where the heart is. But the heart in Buffy is also the fact that you have a female lead yeah, sure. with, with an incredible storyline yeah. and a development of an actual like, presence of a human being true i I don't feel that with mj you she's the typical damsel in distress in every and and granted this was what 2000 what what what? 2007 2007 so looking back at it now time yeah looking back at it now it feels incredibly empty like just like hey like there is nothing that i know about her Mm -hmm. other than she's an actress she's a singer she got fired now she wants to be heard. And let's be honest, like any person would want their significant other to hear them out as opposed to just being spaced out in his own little ego. Mm-hmm. It just, it it felt very like, like you were stating earlier, like, well, it's, you know, she's an actress. It's me, me, me. I'm like, there is no me. I don't know who she is. 
in it. It feels very much like... Well, we also know she grew up in an abusive home. Right. Mm -hmm. And that she was going to marry an astronaut, but left him at the altor. <laughs> in part two. <laughs> yes. For the guy who has no job and no one-bedroom efficiency. <laughs> yeah. in the... No, but the... but he's got webs. He's got <laughs> webs. <laughs> Organic webs. <laughs> which Absolutely. so... Like, who cares? It's fine. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to kind of place where this movie was in terms of Kirsten Dunst's career. Like it was before she became like really prestige, right? Like it's before Marie Antoinette mm -hmm. and that stuff. So she was, it was like just like post bring it on. So she wasn't kind of in the Oscar conversation for anything, right? Like right, we didn't look right. at her as like, yeah, oh, no. she's amazing, right? Well, everybody looked at her that way when she was in Interview for a Vampire when she yeah. was a little kid. When she yeah, was true. a kid. But then after that, it was just like, she wasn't a prestige until actor she, yet. Until she tied up with Coppola. I felt yeah. like that's where you started yeah. seeing yeah. the chops. Even though, I, like I said, not a lot of meat on the bone for her, but I think she does a good job. And I'm going to raise my hand. I think Bring It On is a good film. Bring It oh, On's great. It is. Yeah. Thank you. you. You always feel like you need to defend these this, things. This is a, <laughs> no, I'm just like, earlier before Mike, Manny was talking about how he loves Taylor Swift. And we're like, this is a safe place for that. You seem very shamed of it. You don't have to be. There's no shame. No. You're on a podcast about Spider-Man 3. Yes. And I love Taylor Swift. I'm just going to say it. That's fine. I know. That's Thank you. okay. Go yeah. Ahead. I like her. Um <laughs> So we talked about Venom, right? And how problematic was Venom for you, Martin, in this movie? Were you looking forward to it? Um, because like I was saying earlier, I if you take Venom out, I think this becomes more of a Raimi picture. Mm -hmm. Not in terms of here's all the campy shit Raimi can do, mm -hmm. but in terms of here's... Here are the characters and the themes Raimi is interested in exploring. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have to waste time with this Venom character. Mm -hmm. And so we would probably get a deeper and richer love triangle with yes. Harry, um, Peter, and Mary Jane. And it would feel more relatable like the first two movies did. Okay. When, and here it doesn't. It it almost feels like he's being torn in so many directions that every all the drama feels more hollow than it should. And the actors' performances kind of match that sometimes. Like it doesn't feel like they're totally into it because there's all there's all this other shit he has to do, including Venom. So, how do you vibe with Venom in this movie? So, um, as stated earlier, I only like Venom for the first story arc in the comics, and yeah. after that, just hated him. Yeah. So, I was yeah. not happy about him showing up in this movie. Right. Uh, when it all played out, I was I kind of felt like well. If he wasn't here, like you said, we could focus on this other stuff. But the way it was done, I was like, I actually don't mind this. Really? Uh, I, I like, like you said, Topher Grace as the dark mirror of Peter Parker. Not a bad on. instinct. Yeah. 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 Um, the idea that Venom was just, he stayed this alien creature. Uh, I was cool with that. As a matter of fact, with, with all the complaints about like, man, it's not like the comics. Eddie Brock is supposed to be a big buff dude. I was like. Yeah, but you guys keep going to pay to see these new Venom movies, and these are a lot less accurate to, to the yeah, comic than- they're really right. goofy. Yeah, yeah. Way goofier where, than what we where, see here. Where he has no connection to Spider-Man whatsoever. No. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. What I liked was, I liked the, I mean, look, there's no defending how the, the, the goop just drop, happened to drop on them oh, yeah. at, at a picnic. Yeah, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's, there's, there's so many ways. It's People like, will headcanon, oh, it, it targeted on the most powerful person in the region. No, and it no, was you can't. That's not, no. that's that's not that. text in the movie. No, no. no. I mean, look, you, you either had the comic book version where 
all the superheroes went to another planet, <laughs> and yeah. nobody's going to do that. Uh, and or, you mentioned the astronaut she was going to marry in part two. That would have been a good setup I for I thought Venom. so, too, because yeah. that's how it was in the cartoon. And that makes sense. Yeah. Had he wanted to do Venom for part three. And right, right, yeah. <laughs> if it, if, if apparently he did not. Film, I mean, like, all right. Well, Unless they did a flashback. He literally just, fuck it, <laughs> yada, yada. Just, just, just get this in Avi Arad, yeah. shut up, he's there. I mean, if yeah. you can change the whole killing of his uncle in a flashback you could have changed the astronaut <laughs> i'm just saying yeah no no you're right you're right you're right you i wish uh, you know that 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 certainly <laughs> could have been done way way better mm. or at all I, uh but yeah. i i dig the whole thing cuz it it comes from the first story arc with the the black suit where the, it's on him and he's going out at night and and fighting crime and not realizing it and doing a better job, although more vicious. Mm-hmm. But then it's changed his personality and it's almost like an analogy to a drug addiction, like in the comics. Well, just in in, in the comics, even in the in the in the movie, in the movie it's yeah. like, oh, you're having trouble uh, getting everything done that you need, but somebody has turned you on to cocaine, and uh, wow, this stuff is awesome. I have so much energy and I'm so much better at what I do. <laughs> Ignore the dark circles under my eyes. And yeah, I yell at everyone all the time and I feel like shit, but I'm getting a lot of work done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Can I talk about emo Peter Parker or? Bully McGuire. (laughs) Bully Uh, McGuire. Love that. Yeah. The the, the very memeable, Mm -hmm. meme to death, Bully Mm -hmm. McGuire. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. let's hear it. Okay. So whole scene in the club. Weird scene. Weird scene. and, And just... Uncomfortable the entire time. So first of all, the whole what what's the line that he actually gives the dollar to to the oh um, toots or something like it's very find us some shade hot legs. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's like you had it written down. <laughs> yeah, who that is that is, okay. Part of me is like okay, that's a real Raimi over over the over the top campy yeah. thing to do, but it it's so dumb. It takes you out of the movie. Yes. It's like this is an army of darkness. It know. makes you stop. Like you're just like wait what? And I mean, granted, and, I, and, and no like bully like. New York asshole in the 2007 is going to use those words. Never. Yeah. Maybe the haircut. Sure. But not those words. Not, yeah. Not, not, not those words and not that approach. Yeah. And then suddenly. It's like a, Nixon era. And then words. he becomes a jazz player. <laughs> Apparently that's that, you know, space licorice gives you jazz ability. He can rock that piano. He can rock the piano out of nowhere. Then, and just frame this as the like a picture of white privilege punches the bouncer beats up on another person hits mj by, by accident granted by accident and walks away <laughs> yeah. and doesn't then, have to fight his way out he's just no, straightens his tie like oh white privilege i'm out and then comes back at the end of the movie to that club not banned not banned and takes her off the stage once more, and no one's like, "Is he gonna hit her again?" <laughs> Everyone's just like, "Cool Good for him." She's D- going back to the abuser, no problem. Different staff, different, different staff, <laughs> perhaps. But I, I mean, even watching it in 2007, I'm like, that would never happen to me. <laughs> like, like if, if I beat up a bouncer, accidentally hit my girlfriend, and then try to walk out of that bar, like I'm getting shot. I'm, I'm gonna get some. We are in Texas. Yes, unfortunately, anywhere. I'm, the I, circumstances I have a are going. Yeah. So it's just like how, how, how are we so removed? Where like, even in 2007, I was like, "This is awkward." Yeah. And yeah, even back yeah. then, I mean, that is a 
that's a really good take on this because most people are like, oh, he becomes a mask and it's too goofy. That'll be the reason people don't like this scene. But you're giving me some more complex layers I haven't really thought about that I like. And yeah. this scene does not work. No. This scene does not work. It is. Okay. So you can laugh at some of it. Like, yes, yeah. all of a sudden he's dancing and he's yeah. got a little bit of moves and he's got a little Jim Carrey dance group. So, so the scene, that scene and the scene where he is walking down oh, the street, giving everybody the finger guns mm-hmm. and he does the hair thing and he's dancing and he's almost just catcalling women uh, and stuff. I love that when I first saw this <laughs> because I and 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 Raimi has proven me right. It's supposed to be, uh, P- Peter Parker is like the lamest dude, mm-hmm. and it, this is supposed sure. to be his idea of, of what, being a badass. Well, what being a badass, and it's supposed is. to be mm-hmm. a joke. Yeah, and it, I knew that, and yeah, it was funny. I, I, yeah. I, I knew that too. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, there's a scene in Spider-Man Two. I swear I'm not going to keep going back to this. Please, no, <laughs> no, no, please do. But there's a scene in Spider-Man Two. It was actually one of my favorite scenes in it where he's getting his life together and they're playing raindrops keep falling on my head. Yeah. That, that whole sequence. I love that. So mm-hmm. when this pops up in Spider-Man 3, I immediately went like, oh, this is a counter to that scene. How, yeah. how yep. brilliant. And yep. yeah, that whole thing of like, yeah, this this entity is in him making him, you know, evil or bad. And he's so lame that yeah. this is the this is the best he can do. It was a fu- it just be kind of a douche. It was yeah. a funny subversion of the dark mirror, like, I'm turning evil trope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it worked for me and it still works for me. I think it's funny. I, I actually did not mind that scene. Yeah. I, I found it funny and it, it would be like, hey, on Cool Kid, what do you think cool is? And yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that John Travolta walking scene? <laughs> from, from, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, the 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 Gikarati narrative is like, he's supposed to be mean and Im- intimidating and cool. And that's not cool. Like, But it's nah. funny. It's doing yeah. something else, man. Come on now. Yeah. I'm not a member of the Gikarati, so. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. it I, I don't think I coined that term. You know, it, it, We're going to use it quite a bit, though. <laughs> probably. So I, I l- let's do the breakdown, guys. Um, uh, I have three scenes you can pick for weirdest scene in this okay. movie. Go for it. Right. Um, number one, Peter Parker somehow. Well, we kind of talked about them. Peter Parker somehow. Surprises everyone with his sick uh, jazz piano skills <laughs> and basically becomes Jim Carrey's The Mask at the Jazz Club, a.k.a. dancing the dancing scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Peter Parker struts around New York City dancing to music in his head, pretty much catcalling every woman he sees and buying a new suit and yep. with the emo hair. All right. Number three. And this is the last one you got to pick from. I, I, I already know I'm going you, number three. Do you? Go okay. Ahead. Harry Osborne's fucking shithead butler <laughs> explains after three, apparently three years, five years have passed. I don't know. And a massive fight inside that condo a few hours before. <laughs> that, no, no, no. Spider-Man did not actually kill your father. And Harry, you should give up this vendetta against Spider-Man. And then Harry changes into a good guy, even though he's still loaded up with goblin serum. Yep, still has that. Which of those is the weirdest scene? Yeah, no, no number three. Number for three. Me. Number three. The, the first two get I mean, talked about as why this movie's bad for some one reason. One is troubling. One yeah, is troubling. Like it, sure. It, it, and you made a great that. case yeah, for that. I explained that, but... What the fuck? Like, I, I literally said that in the movie theater when I saw this. So like, did I. I, takes you I, out. I was watching three and I'm enjoying it. And I'm having a great time. And it hits that scene. And I'm like, are you fucking serious right now? What? Yeah. What? what? Oh, by the way, sir. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I forgot to no, mention it by earlier. The way, but... sir. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and, but, well, 
a, a, a problem I've had with the last with 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 those those two in um um Spider Man movies is how much people don't say or don't react to what's said to them. Because yeah. even with yeah with with Harry, if if it had been a him going like, wait, I'm sorry, what now? Yeah, and that could have sold that. Mm-hmm. And what was his reaction? I don't remember. There was a cut. Out. It was yeah, just it was a, a cut, cut to his face, and just like, so. I, I think what they were going for is like, did that convince him enough? Are we going to see him later on? Yeah, help? yeah, like, like yeah, like, like try trying to, to give a little a bit. Mystery. Yeah, some but, suspense. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. There was a, an enormous Wait. battle in that condo <laughs> a few days ago again. Because again, I'm he's sorry, already sir. like healed. Yeah, half his face is burned. Yeah, half his face is burned and already healed enough where he could not yeah, be that, all bandaged. That's uh-huh. that one milky eye. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay. You heard the commotion. Uh huh. You never thought to knock on the door, or ring a bell, or be like, "Hey, by the way, Peter Parker didn't actually kill your dad. It was his own blade." And, and, and carry even, on. Even <laughs> that, <laughs> just like I mean, interject for a second, or it it could even have been sold. The butler was like, "Um, ooh, no, yeah, I'm, no. I'm I'm afraid to even say something about this. Yeah, because I, I know how you get. But yeah, yeah. I, I I feel the scene could have worked, but. Well, here's the thing. I'm not going to say it didn't work because of this, but weird thing about this actor who plays Houseman, the butler, mm-hmm. he's John Paxton. He's Bill Paxton's father. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. So yeah. I read your notes. And uh, he, the only thing he's at, he started acting just a few years before this when he was like 71 because mm-hmm. Sam Raimi put him in a movie uh-huh. because he's buddies with Bill Paxton. Yeah. So it's, it, he's part of the crew and it's yeah. obviously some kind of like, paternal figurehead to Raimi and mm. maybe is inspiring for him to have him around and all that's great. So I feel kind of bad dogging on this scene because I think it really, uh, another actor maybe could have sold it the way you're no. saying they could <laughs> s- sell it. Like, like just act, play it somehow. Not, I mean, not just like it's the timing though. A bald it, it, it face. Is the, it is the it's timing. The timing. It's the timing. Yeah. I don't think the delivery was bad or anything. Okay. Like, it's just, I think it's the timing. Yeah. Like you were literally about to, you know, have all of this like anxiety that's been building up. You have these three villains or two really, because we now know, we always knew, but apparently now's the time to tell them. Um, (laughs) You have the climax of this film about to occur. And suddenly you have like, excuse me, sir, I should have told you this a few years ago, but just in case. Yeah. And it, plus, you just had a coma, so let me clar- let me clarify something for you. Really, the quick. magic coma that that erases all the stuff we don't want you to remember about yeah. the movie. But the painting from your dad just yeah. sparked that up too. Also, a, a great great comedy is Franco after the coma, where he's just this real happy go lucky yeah, go- goofball oh, yeah. who paints and bakes uh-huh. chicken. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's really happy. Yeah. I wish he would have stayed in that zone <laughs> yeah, for the whole yeah. movie. He's Instead so of funny. The creepy smile at the end of the. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, we'll talk about that, too. Sure. Um, okay, so weirder scene, John Paxton to Butler. Yes. Yeah. Where does that come from? Obviously, weirdest scene. W- okay, three options for weirdest quote. Find us some shade. Thanks, hot legs. Peter Parker. Okay. Uh, Eddie Brock, praying to Jesus Christ, our Savior. I come before you today, humbled and humiliated, to ask you for one thing. I want you to kill Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> Subtle. Number three. The night your father died. <laughs> I cleaned his wound. Mm-hmm. The blade that pierced his body came from his glider. I know you're trying to defend your father's honor, but 
There's no question that he died by his own hand. How does he know that? I loved your father as I have loved you, Harry. As your friends love you. Houseman, the fucking butler. I will say, earlier I said it was the timing. Your delivery is fantastic. That could have worked. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I'm going to go back to one, even though three was the most what the fuck moment. But uh -oh. one just felt so removed from whatever era this it's film dumb, was. It's a dumb line. It's just a dumb, it's weird. unnatural. It is weird. Yeah. Even, even with the thought of like, this is how he thinks a cool person would be. From when? What era? Like, what? Yeah. The Eddie Brock line is funny. Yeah. The, he's in church. Yeah. And he, he's it, praying to God. Hey, God, kill this <laughs> motherfucker. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I, I thought it was hilarious, too. I burst out laughing every time. Every time. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's fucking great. Because he sells it, too. Like, there's, yeah. like, an emotion uh -huh. and anger to him that you're like. He's good. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. 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 I mean, he did, you know, fake a photo. And we're. You and I being former journalists, that's oh, yeah, the that's end bad. of us. No, but but like the actor's good. Yes. No, no. The acting is fantastic and that's a great scene. Um, all right. Just f a couple more things. The, the most uh, – what's the most egregious franchise inconsistency? Like when we think about the whole franchise, is there something that breaks the continue continuity of this movie? I think there's – usually I have three. Mm -hmm. Three options, but really there's only one option, the retcon of Uncle Ben's death, full stop. Um, it's weird. It takes you out of the movie. We we know why they did it this way. Raimi said he wanted Peter to grow in terms of being challenged, to learn about forgiveness in a very personal way. It does lead to that almost semi-wordless scene at the end after the big climactic battle mm -hmm. where – it's actually, I find it mainly because the performance is pretty touching, mm -hmm. where Peter has to forgive the guy who murdered his father. And the two actors working off each other, Hayden Church and McGuire, fucking sell the emotion. Yeah, they do. And it works for me. Still, that whole retcon takes me out of the movie. So it, I'm, uh, I'm back and forth on it. Does that work? I don't think it works for you guys either, does it? It took me out of the movie, but I was able to drop back into it. Okay. And, and as much as, like I said before, it didn't really erase what happened. Matter of fact, it's set up because there's all this conflict between, because we, all this time it's like, oh, if, if just Peter and Mary Jane could be together and then they're together and it's conflict. And when you say she doesn't have a personality, she's, not only is she insecure and hurt, she's a little vindictive because because when he says like, yeah, it turns out this Sandman guy was the one who actually killed my uncle and she's like oh so it sounds like you killed the wrong man and i was like yeah, wow right. fuck you yeah. well what, you he are did, a terrible girlfriend he, he just <laughs> he just did make out with gwen stacy in front of the whole world uh, that was performance that was performance. It's like a stage kiss that's true that's true gwen stacy's weird in this movie i mean it's it's an awkward character yeah yeah, yeah. Doesn't it's, make sense. It's, it's, it didn't have to be Gwen Stacy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's uh, kind of crowbarred in. Yeah, with, yeah. Like uh, she's one Howard. who has nothing to do. Yeah, other nothing. Than just be there. She, yeah. She's somehow a chemistry major and a model. Both. Yeah. Aren't they all models? Because <laughs> <laughs> she gets Most attacked while she's are. modeling. Yeah. Anyway, Bryce L. Howard's beautiful and, and does a fine job. But yeah, weird. Weird to have her in this movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For I, for for me, that that scene that you're referring to with with you know. Thomas Hayden Church and Topher Grace is a fantastic performance. It's good. I was exhausted by the time that that came sure. through. I get that. Yeah. I was tired and I was like, please just get this over with. Because mm -hmm. it just, I, and, and that's such a shame because again, 
there should have been more development within those stories. It shouldn't have just been the other villain. Mm-hmm. It felt like his story could have been completed in such a way that that moment could have been even more touching. Sure. And instead, I was just tired. And granted, I was also folding clothing at the same time. But I even remember in the in the Your movie, arms were tired. Yeah, I mean, it, I have kid socks. You know how difficult it is to match kid socks? No. Okay. Uh, they get lost all the time. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's it's science and math mm-hmm. all combined, and it's just very difficult. Um, and, and I'm not a model. But... Um, True. <laughs> or, or a genius who can't deliver pizza. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I, even in the movie theater, I was just exhausted at that point. Like, I was like, I just want this over with. And I yeah. lost the whole emotion of it because of it. Mm-hmm. And looking back at it now, and if I could pause and come back to it and just see that scene, that was really delivered well. Mm-hmm. And you do feel the emotion of that. It's just, you're just exhausted at that point. I was at least. Uh, that, already. Okay. I, th- I think Raimi had his heart in that theme of mm-hmm. Peter Parker learning the hardest way how to truly forgive and be humbled. Yes. Yeah. So much so much of the theme of the whole movie mm-hmm. is about forgiving. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, yeah, there's points when they, like our three main leads, uh, they all hurt each other. Yes. Like almost to the point of... Killing unf- each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, being unforgivable. But they, it's all about you got to find a way to forgive each other and move yeah. forward. All right. Um, pick one thing that fixes this movie. For me, it's no venom. Just that... Doesn't necessarily fix it, makes it a tighter movie. Maybe Raimi will focus more on what he wants to do and it's a better movie. Mm. Yeah, I guess most, so many of the problems come from Venom. Like, yeah. Yeah, the, the goop falling out of the sky yes. <laughs> and, and on them. <laughs> and the way Venom was just sucking energy away from other things. But a separate movie with Venom would have been fine. With Tom Hardy? No. Okay. <laughs> I like when the goo falls and it gets on his bike it, it, and the license plate, it forms a V. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Even though the word venom is never no. uttered in this. Right, movie. right, right, right. What do you pick one thing that fixes the movie? I, I, I agree with you in, in that removing that would have developed better storylines throughout. Yeah. Um, and, and it felt just forced. Okay. Like, I mean, you, you lose some scenes if you get rid of it that are entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only issue with it because there are that, some scenes right. that are entertaining because of the, as I'm calling it, space licorice. Um, but Ed, Eddie Brock, I find, is fine. But the characterization and even the visuals of Venom are just they don't work. Yeah. Well, you don't you think they, they work they work better in the new movies? No, I don't really care for those new movies either. Right. But just, just visually. Um, well, when I talk visually, at least in the new movies, mm-hmm. When he's Venom and he speaks, he he looks like Venom, uh, and not that it's, I'm not that I'm happy that it's comic book accurate, but it just it looks better hmm. than what is in this movie where the the Venom licorice peels away from the face and you see Tobey Maguire's face with vampire fangs. Mm-hmm. I just that's just odd. This is it, another it, yeah. thing that makes this movie weird, right? Yeah, because okay. that was that's just odd. I don't know. It's an odd visual. Like, uh, all right. Does this movie strengthen or weaken the franchise overall? I I think it dilutes it, weakens it. Obviously, it 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 killed Raimi's chance at making the Spider Man Four, which he was already planning. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it was a massive success, yeah, more yeah. than three hundred million at the box office, mm-hmm. the biggest Spider Man movie to date in two thousand seven. Yeah, massive success, but they just started over. Um, so. Weaken or strengthen? You know, uh, weaken. Weaken, yeah. Um, no change. 
No change. Okay. Uh, yeah, but you, you got to figure, Raimi may have just been like, yeah, I want to do another one. But man, they made this process so difficult. They, yeah. And then, yeah. and you got actors who are getting older who can't keep playing kids all the time. That's true. And I think that's what he was interested in. He was interested in growing them up, right? Mm -hmm. But the studio wanted to go back to high school, right? Keep it relevant for the kiddos. They always want to infantilize Spider-Man. Sure. Yeah. Even in the comics, they do that. He, yeah. he, he, he marries Mary Jane and his life is about progressing. And then they go, oh, something has to come in and blow that up. And now he's back to being a single guy. Yeah, Dayton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In his twenties, yeah. that's why they picked a toddler to play him in the MCU. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> we're just gonna I, build I, this all I, up. I like Tom Holland though. He's, I I did watch uh, Fetch Quest the movie last night. Um, oh, <laughs> Un Uncharted. Uncharted. Wow, that was just nothing. A whole yeah. nothing ball of a movie. Yeah, just like uh, I, I I haven't seen it. It's so. a vacuum of a movie. It really is. No charisma. Nothing, man. Oh, <laughs> wow. Jeannie was like, I want something with adventure. We had already the night before watched like. The, the second Jumanji Jungle movie. Mm -hmm. I want something of that vibe. Okay, I guess Uncharted. No, <laughs> <laughs> not, not not good. No, not yeah. good. Okay. Um, anything else you guys want to say about the weirdness of Spider-Man Three? I mean, I think we've covered. You, you you guys have covered it, and yeah. you've even made me look at it in a different light, slightly different anyway. Slightly different. Yeah, yeah. I I was you know when I heard about you being a staunch defender of this movie, I thought you really loved it. But no, you actually just have a a good, honest take about it. Uh, I think maybe the most uh, iconoclastic or weird thing about it is how you dog on part two, mm -hmm. which culturally is just lauded just kind of as one of the best superhero mm -hmm. movies ever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I can see where you're coming from during my recent rewatch of the whole trilogy, for sure. Okay, just one more thing I'll say about it. Okay. The fight on the train, which I was like, oh, that's... that's... We didn't even talk about the fights, but yeah. yeah. But, but, but in that, part that, two. That fight, yeah, that fight the on the train. The fight on the train, for me, blew my mind, and I loved it. Right. Um, <laughs> yes. And, and as we see, Spider-Man has the strength to web up buildings and slow down a moving train. Yeah. So when he punches Dr. Octopus one time in the face, his jaw should be flying over into Queens. Because he doesn't yeah. have any kind of special protection. Yeah. He's just got like maybe uh, crazy strength, but but no invulnerability. Right. Yeah. And I was like, one punch and this guy's dead. And he like bashes him several I, times. I'm sure there's a line that the chip releases. <laughs> the ch the, the, the extra hands. Re they just build it. Releases some like neurotoxin. Like uh, I always go back to whenever people are like, this guy doesn't have that much strength. I go back to the line or that plot point in Mystery Men where what, what's Ben Stiller's power? He gets really angry and then that releases a lot of serotonin or something and then he can lift the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's constantly going on with Doc uh, uh, Ock, okay? Uh, uh, uh. That's what's going well, on. Well, there, there's also the scene in Spider-Man 3 where, you know, in the end, the, the climax of the, everything kind of you know colliding, you have... MJ telling Spider-Man, hey, look out. And I'm like, where the hell did the Spidey sense go? Yeah. It, it just disappeared. Oh, like, here oh, comes Venom. It goes oh. away. Yeah. yeah. It, it it goes away all mm -hmm. back and forth. Just whatever the scene needs. I mean, honestly, <laughs> and I'm saying this in like the Spider-Man movies across the board. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and two, when Harry slaps him twice, I was like, do you, wait, yeah. you got Spider-Sense. I mean, say you don't have Spider-Sense. 
If one of you guys slapped me once, I'd be like, oh, shit. And when you went for the second one, I'm going to duck. <laughs> I know what's coming next. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, a but, lot of but, inconsistency. I'll agree. But that scene in itself was just like, look out. I'm like, why are you telling him? Yeah, you should know. Yeah. 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 Uh, I want to wrap. Just we didn't talk about a lot about the uh, the action here, which I think is just the CGI somehow seems worse to me in this movie. And the action just doesn't have the emotional resonance of the first two and it's not that great. Um, but Martin, you say you like like the action in yeah, three I mean, better? Look, from old movies, CGI is just never gonna, or, or rarely gonna hold up sure. unless it's practical effects. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but when I look at it, I'm looking at the fight choreography mm. and I think it's choreographed really well. Manny, action. You're not an action guy. No, I mean, <laughs> not a sports. Not a man of action. We are discussing an action film, and I have my opinion on these action sequences. Um, it 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 didn't connect, and I'll, yeah. the Sandman scene that does not connect with me is where he like initially first forms, and the cops shoot him, and he reacts to him, and it hurts him. He's made of sand. Yeah. Sure, but he's just recently become made a sand, so he still has his That's human mind. He's not sure what. Well, then, well, then he should have having a natural reaction to like, well, is this going to hurt? Yeah, you? yeah. Mm -hmm. If even even I am even, sand even Superman, <laughs> when they 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 sh they fire a gun at him when they're he out flinches. of bullets, they throw the gun and he ducks. If, yeah, <laughs> I mean that that's comedy. <laughs> this was like, wait, you're made out of sand and the bullets hurt, and it. I get it. Again, there's a lot of. It's a superhero movie, and yes, maybe I'm not a man of action, but <laughs> he's sand, man. Like it would have been better if it was just like I love you. Yeah. <laughs> There's, I remember, um, I knew I was supposed to be awed by the the Sandman CGI mm -hmm. because I think running up to this movie, you know, those FX behind the scenes features, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and all that stuff was all about. Oh, you're gonna. The Sandman's gonna blow you away oh. with what we did here. We we use a special type of corn mixed in with some new computer graphics, and it's amazing. And I watched it at the time. I'm like, I know I'm supposed to be blown away by this, and I'm more I'm more like impressed by the effort. Mm -hmm. And True. I'm not mad at it. Yeah, but it's not that great. No yeah, Terminator right. two. No, no. Right. I I want to. Uh, I love going back and reading critics critics old reviews of these movies. Um, one of my favorite critics is Stephanie Zakarik. She's written for Movie Line. Mm -hmm. She's with Time now. Um, sometimes has wild ass takes. Um, sometimes a spot on, but always a joy to read. This is what she wrote about the scene of Flip Markle's first transformation into the Sandman. He's a mound of sand, a one-man desert. And before our eyes, he tries to reform himself into some semblance of the man he used to be. As he tries to stand... Rivers of sand run from his muscles. His contours take shape, fall away, and then stubbornly rebuild themselves. He's a piece of sculptural poetry, a song of being and becoming, a living, moving Henry Moore statue. Same movie? Jesus, <laughs> wow. wow! Isn't that beautiful? That's incredibly that written. Makes me... You should have had her what? on the show. Yeah. <laughs> that I is did, incredible. I did tweet at her, no response yet. But yeah. Stephanie, if you're listening, we would love to have you talk about 
literally anything. Like yeah, describe, yeah, 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 please. I describe my shoelaces. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, I read this before my rewatch, mm-hmm. and still I'm like, where were she? What? <laughs> but I, I like ag- sands of the art. Again, another reason this movie is a weird call is because it kind of breaks breaks the franchise a little bit. Mm-hmm. Has so much weird stuff in it, but I think so many people, even though the the reputation is it's the worst, it's not good. I think really the story is so many people have extremely varied opinions on this movie mm-hmm. um, and pieces of this movie. I'm kind of in the middle. Martin, you you pretty much like it. Manny, it, you'll never watch it again. No, it was a chore. <laughs> okay. Thank you for sitting through this weird cold, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, uh, plug your shit. Oh, yeah. You can find me uh, most of the time at Double Toasted uh, or where, where we live stream on Twitch five nights a week, sometimes six. And once a week, a uh, little show called Crossover Event that's on YouTube. Uh, go to Screen Fanatic or Bell of Lost Souls. All right. And if you want to support this podcast, you want to sub to the podcast, just go to weirdquold.com. You can find us there. Links to our YouTube page, links to our Apple Podcast and Spotify, weirdquill.com. You can follow me at Mike Moody Garcia on Twitter. Uh, Manny? You can follow me on Twitter, mben0308. All right, you got numbers in your handle. <laughs> Always do. It's good. <laughs> it's a man of action. <laughs> <laughs> that I am. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.